When you are ready to sit down and get to work on a project and you want to move your audience, that skill is very, very valuable because they're going to know how to tell the truth of what you're offering in a very creative way. From Myriad Media, a show that explores the audience, business, and creative sides of developing video campaigns. Hi, I'm Jeremy Wingle, and on today's episode, we sit down with co-founder and president Will Feichter. We discuss the options marketing teams should consider when creating video content, from freelancers to agencies of all varieties. How's it going, Will? It's going very well. At this time and place, it actually is morning, so I will say good morning. Okay, good morning, listeners. It's morning somewhere. Exactly. It's also four o'clock somewhere. So if you're having a cocktail, that's cool. If you're having a coffee, that's cool too. Well done. So today we're going to talk about choices that marketers, CMOs, marketing directors have when they're creating videos. So Will, you've worked in creative video production for 25 or so years, give or take. Uh, I'm sure you've seen some trends come and go. Uh, What are you seeing out there? Yeah, 25 years. That's... um uh, not to put too much out there, but that's half my life. <laughs> and so That wasn't to make you feel old, but wise. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, this is, this is a big deal uh, for folks working in marketing. Um, there are significant needs to be sure that the, the brands that um, they're working for are using video throughout everything they're doing with regard to marketing. And there are several different types of video. You can do a multi-spot campaign. You can do a brand documentary, uh, simple customer interviews, and um, there are just lots of different options. Uh, the fact of the matter is that more than 70% of brands are using video, and it's going up every year, and it just ramps up the pressure to have good choices when you're creating video. I read a fact recently that said that people 18 to 34 years old will stop what they're doing to watch a video. Um, and that is crazy to me, but you know, you, you ask about trends. I think that that's a trend that's interesting. I don't quite understand it because I don't have time to do that, but apparently it works. I'm right on the, the top end of that age range. And I would say I sometimes uh, watch that video while I'm doing something else. I'm not even stopping what I'm doing. I'm watching it and cooking dinner. <laughs> So that definitely rings true with me. Well, are you, when you're watching, doing two or three things at once, uh, is, it, is it working for you? Are you getting something from the video? Uh, probably not as much as I could be, but it, if, it's, if it's relevant to me and it's something that I'm interested in, I'll certainly listen and, and give at least a, a majority of my attention to it. So, yeah, I think that's, that's important to keep in mind when you're making videos, especially for a brand, is it, it has to be relevant. Has to provide some sort of value to the audience, entertainment, information, something that's shareable with their, with their friends, family, um, coworkers, et cetera. Yeah. It's interesting that you mentioned shareable because that's another thing is like we watch it and sometimes almost before we're even finished watching it, if it's good if it's or great, we'll share it right then and there. And so a majority probably of what I share with people is video. And, and that's not just because I work in the industry, but because that's what people, that's, I know if I share a video, someone will at least watch part of it. If I share an article, they may read it, but it's a bit more of a commitment for someone to sit and read something. Um, but yeah, I think it's a, a majority of the traffic. This, you know, we were talking about this study that Cisco did recently, and they say that by 2021, 82% of all internet traffic will be represented by video. That's crazy. 
That's crazy. Like we're going to be living in a video world. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it's a it's a it's a popular choice and it can be effective. It's virtually unlimited in how you can combine the various things you can do with video into some really interesting unique choices. Um, there are several different ways that a person working in marketing can meet the challenge at hand and it just it just I think the most important part of this is it just depends on the situation they find themselves in. All of these these choices we'll talk about today are viable. So you've mentioned all these different types of videos that brands can make, and there's you know we're today we're going to talk about some different approaches for how they can get those videos made. What do you think is the biggest influence that you've seen that has made that possible? One thing I am fascinated with is how we have this entire generation of of young people who have grown up as content creators. My kids are that way. Um, they're creating videos uh, and presentations that are um, not far from the quality of the work that we did when we first started Myriad a long time ago. And I just I think that notion has put so much creative talent into the world. And you know, you think about it, the first video was uploaded to YouTube in 2005, and that. In my opinion, YouTube and the launch of it, uh, that platform has had more to do with the growth and the success of video um, than any specific technology outside probably you know, the camera and a computer. So, so I think that uh, this generation of content creators is a really, really valuable resource that we have in our world today, and it's, it's making communication more effective and interesting. So let's do it. Let's get into some of the options. So what is the first option that people should consider when they need to make a video? The first option that I would, I would think of would be, you know, the fabled freelancer, the person with a camera and a subscription to Adobe Creative Cloud. Uh, this person is probably a jack of all trades and just a really good place to start when you begin to think about how you're going to uh, approach your project. Okay, so are there specific types of projects that you think these people are good for? Yeah, freelancers are good for smaller scope projects. You know, you, let's say you need, you have a, a shoot that you need to pull off in another city. You got a tight turn time, your budget might be challenged. Uh, but your staff, on the other hand, can, can cover all those details for you uh, and manage those logistics. You just need the video, perhaps some editing, simple graphics. In that situation, the video is probably just one small component of an overarching campaign. You just have this real small tactical need that you have to get covered. And freelancers are great for plugging in with just a little bit of fanfare. And the good ones are capable of working without a ton of direction. And they're they're absolutely worth their weight in gold. I know our our staff here would uh, considers the freelancers that we work with to be amongst our most valuable and I, team members, and I mean team members literally here at here at the company. Okay, cool. So, anything else about working with freelancers that our audience might want to hear about? I would say that projects that have a lot of complexity are probably not the right fit for freelancers. Uh, for example. If you're going to be using an actor in a production, you're going to probably need to upgrade your to, to a more complex approach. That's not to say that you couldn't employ multiple freelancers and have one for each particular production function, whether it's a camera person, director, gaffer, what have you. Um, and there are uh, specific services out there that are really good at building freelance teams from the ground up. But at that point, you're, you're probably ready to, to step up and, and hire a production company at that level. Yeah, it sounds like that option, you might be cobbling it together a little bit more. And so if it is a more complex project, you're going to want some folks who have worked together before. Um, They're not just meeting for the first time on set. You want people who are a little more unified. So tell us a little bit 
more about the production company option. Yeah, so that's the second option. Production companies are great for an option that typically provides end-to-end production. Project management, shooting, editing, graphics, sound design, that sort of thing. And they've usually got all the people and equipment where they can scale up a project quickly if they need to uh, and comprehensively to handle pretty much anything you throw at them. So if you have that complex project, they're a great resource. Okay. So for for that leaning into a, a bit more of a complex project, it sounds like the production company's got everything you need there. Is there anything that you think they might be missing? Well, again, it just uh, depends on the situation uh, of what your project calls for. But some don't really get into doing so much concepting and copywriting. Um, or if they do, it's I wouldn't consider it a, part, a deep part of their expertise. And that really just plays back to how the video advertising model used to work, where you had an agency that would work hand-in-hand with the production company. The AOR uh, is going to provide all the strategy for the brand and most of the creative and copy for the campaign. Is that system still at play, or do you see that changing, or are we shifting away from that? Yeah, I think it's absolutely changing, and it's part of the way the agency and creative services field is morphing. More production companies are offering creative, so it kind of counter counteracts what I what I just said. But uh, and more agencies are doing production too. I would say the agencies specifically play a super critical role um, as the creator of the overarching strategy or plan for how you're gonna solve that marketing problem that you have. Um, This is not something that a standard production company is gonna have in their toolbox. Uh, So if you're not really sure how to solve the problem that you have at a strategic level, and also most importantly, in a way that's consistent with the higher goals of the organization, you're gonna have to consider another option. Wouldn't an internal production team or agency be a good fit in this case? You know, they may have some of that strategy developed in their marketing team. They may have some creative talent in-house. Wouldn't that be a good good fit here? You're going to want to make sure that uh, the team has, that internal team has a full spectrum of services necessary to do complex work uh, in a campaign. So account planning, all the creative production disciplines that, that production companies provide. Um, you should also consider how you're going to get this video out there, how you're going to distribute it and optimize the content so that you're creating the action at the back end for the video that you hope for. For that, you're going to have to have a large number of skills and disciplines. And you know, that's not meant to demean any in-house team. Building an in-house team that's capable of doing all that at a high level is one of the hardest things that you can do. And also just keeping that team together for more than two years is, is probably even harder. So it's a, it's a tough ask. Yeah. So the other thing to mention there is it's not necessarily just the team. You're also having to maintain gear and software and stay up to date on all of the latest technologies and and all of all of those specific video and production expertise elements that you may not have time in for an in-house team to, to focus on and continue to get better at. So I've been hearing a lot that brands are considering building in-house teams. What do you think's going on there? What do you do? You think the trend will continue? I do, and I think it's a really good point. Um, you know, at, at bigger brands, particularly you know places like Apple or Verizon, these two big brands with a lot of cash, that in-house trend is is very much alive and well, um, and with good reason. Just like you you alluded to earlier, in-house agencies are going to be closer to the action. They're going to know the strategy, understand the culture better, which is so important in terms of creating work that that resonates. Um, 
These folks, they also know how the company works. What are the processes internally that you have to deal with that are kind of annoying that, that the external um, agency is not going to understand? Um, and I think it's just one of those factors with how the agency world is, is changing um, with work being spread around a lot and there's less retainers um, that agencies can rely on. There can be a lack of familiarity with the, the brand itself and, and that's important. So if you're a company like Verizon and you have a good agency, um, it's a strong option for sure. A good in-house agency. Correct. A good, that's correct. A good in-house agency. It's a, it's a, it's a good option. Yeah. And companies like Apple, because they're as large as they are, they have, when, when we talk about an in-house team, they don't necessarily just have one in-house agency. They might have several in-house agencies. And so I've heard that they actually pitch uh, work against each other, even internal agency to internal agency. And they've got all these different types of creative teams working together to come up with a multitude of solutions. Yeah. It's that what they call jump ball kind of stuff. Um, they might even also put a, put an outside agency in that mix too. So for the agencies themselves, it can be kind of a confusing place to be, but it's just part of the, of the way the world works today and companies and brands want good options for creating content and advertising that is that resonates and doing it in a in a way that doesn't cost an arm and a leg every single time out of the box and it can be done efficiently. Yeah, it it sounds too good to be true perhaps. Um, you know, we've heard about brands like Pepsi who have these internal teams and internal um, content production agencies within them, but there are some pitfalls to watch out for. You know, not having that objective outside point of view, it can be easy to get tunnel vision and not see uh, the market conditions or the the competitive uh, nature of the industry you're in. So how do we, how do we overcome that? One popular trend that's emerging in this space is the hybrid staffing model where you have out-of-house creative uh, resources that are located inside a brand and co-work alongside an internal team. And that's a good solution to get those inside efficiencies. But again, that outsider's perspective. At Myriad, we don't do any permanent on-site teams, but we have had experience doing uh, short creative sprints uh, internal uh, with clients. And uh, that just helps you get to the right work a little bit more quickly. Um, and it's, you know, from my perspective, it's more fun and rewarding to collaborate with your clients uh, in this way. So that's another option. But I would say that most internal production teams don't work in this hybrid way. So tell me a little bit more about this in-house creative sprint for our listeners. What would that potentially look like? Yeah, that would probably be anywhere from a day to three days working inside with a brand team to generate multiple creative concepts, working with that um, internal brand management or creative team to ensure that we are aligning very closely to the strategy and the personality of the company and the objectives of the company and for that particular project. And there's probably a lot of like kind of breakout sessions. Again, it leads to the ability to um, create work more quickly. So that's on the creative development side. And I know we've also done in the editorial process on-site editing. And that's, I think, also helpful for the later part of the project. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime that you can spend time working with your client directly, it can yield results. And, you know, I would back up and 
and say that not every agency prefers to work that way. And that's okay. That's how they work and, and do business. Uh, but for Myriad, the way we like to work is to create connections with people and develop a deep understanding of, of what they're trying to achieve and what their personalities are like and, and also collaborate together and have fun. That will ultimately yield, in our opinion, stronger work. Yeah, sounds awesome. So that's three options. We've got freelancers, production co's, internal agencies or in-house teams. What else do we got? What's the fourth fourth option? You know, the traditional ad agency that does a little bit of everything within any vertical can be a good production option. You got your account planning. It's taken care of. Creative is covered. So your distribution and the analytics that you need in order to make the campaigns more effective. You probably have any other creative service you need. So for instance, if you're a startup and you have a relatively tight budget and you just want to check off a lot um, at once with one swoop, um, a traditional generalist agency is a good choice. On the other end of the spectrum, of course, you have these large kind of multinational companies that have a primary agency or two or three, maybe. Um, and those folks watch the entire playing field for them at once and, and make sure that they're protecting the brand and the sub-brands that, that are having work being done for them. So uh, they're there at a moment's notice and can meet any need that you might have. So digital, print, out of home, and again, of course, video, which is what we're talking about here today. Okay, so so an agency of record, an AOR, and so it sounds like you're either a startup who has many different needs that they need to get done uh, as efficiently as possible, or you're a giant multinational brand with sub-brands and business units and all kinds of moving pieces and and. Uh, a bigger need for overarching brand strategy. Correct. Yeah. Um, and I would just say that um, more and more work is becoming project based. So the market is changing and it's, I think it's speaking to us a little bit about what companies need. Um, but ad agencies absolutely bring to bear um, the most creative minds on the planet to do imaginative, creative, vivid work. Um, they're also good at having working relationships with production companies, like we talked about earlier, or they may even be doing production in-house, which is another trend. But as the AOR approach kind of dwindles and uh, ramps down, project-based work is increasing. And there's a little bit of a downside that to that for agencies. They may have to reduce their headcount um, or their skill sets, which, you know, if you think about it, speaks right to their value proposition. They're kind of spread out to, to be able to meet any need. But if they've got to reduce that headcount and cut out skills, it's going to compromise how they serve their clients. And I think, you know, when you're doing work, you need to consider that. Okay. So that covers the AOR. Uh, I think there's a, another option. I recently read an article in the Atlantic that discusses this rise of internal content agencies in places like the New York Times, BuzzFeed, and the Atlantic. And I'm just wondering, is that a good option for production? If that particular media channel is in the right place to reach the audience, and most importantly, does it fit your higher um, strategic goals? Does it support those things? Sure. You know, Myriad is currently in the middle of a project where we're in competition with Turner and CNN, which I think is really interesting, and it just illustrates this this uh, trend. Uh, and it speaks to a bigger trend of how brands are creating entertainment content to catch the eye of their audience. And, you know, I would consider that option for B and something we should watch and look at carefully. Yeah, it sounds like that's a topic for another day. Um, so we'll have to put a pin in that and think about that for a future episode. So there's uh, the elephant in the room. 
we're, we said we'd had five options and where does the video agency fit in as an option for marketers who need to create a video? The video agency is a great option because a good one, the right one, is going to provide uh, the best of both worlds, meaning it has this specialist knowledge of video production. It's got creative in-house. It also provides the expertise on the front side and the back side of a campaign. Can you clarify what you mean by front side, back side? Sure. So the front side uh, of a project or a campaign is that critical skill set that you have to have in order to do the, the strategic work that's going to give you those those magic bits of knowledge or insight of the market or the audience that's going to uh, help you create that really relevant, rich, creative content. And after you produce, shoot, edit, score, uh, mix, master, and color uh, that work, there's that that backside, that third part of the project, which is where you're creating an engagement strategy of own, paid, and earned media that's going to drive activation and, and actually have the project doing what you intended it to do. Yeah, so agency-style services uh, in strategy and distribution, but specifically just for video. Correct. Okay, cool. So it sounds like that might be the sweet spot for a variety of options. A video agency, we could easily cover that quick shoot that's on the ground in South Africa. We'd probably like that. We'd love to, to go to South Africa. But the freelancer that we talked about earlier might be the better option. Um, I think there's four keys, simple keys to keep in mind when you're hiring somebody in uh, the video agency um, category. If you want an outsider's perspective that understands the situation more thoroughly and helps you develop a tight strategic recommendation. That's the first one. The second one is you need somebody to develop a high-level creative approach that ties seamlessly to that strategic recommendation. The project's more complex, um, and you need an expert that can handle any need and scale it as necessary. And the fourth thing is you might also want help uh, at the back end uh, with video distribution and optimization. So that's, that's four things to think about when you're considering a video agency. Cool. Well, that that sounds great. Are there any downsides? Well, there are a lot of folks in the video space that are really production companies that are putting themselves in the agency category because they might do creative in-house. Uh, and that's that's okay. Um, the difference makers, though, are really the skills of agency-level strategy and engagement. Um, so look for those markers when you're when you're evaluating options. I would also say um, another downside um, is that when you're working as a specialist in a certain category like video, you're leaving other things out like UX or social. Those are services that, that you could offer as an agency and generalist agencies typically do. And they might be a better choice if you're looking for someone to cover all of your marketing needs. But you know, the way I think about it is a strong focus on a primary skill like video, I would, I would consider that addition by subtraction. So we've covered this kind of horizontal need of video as a discipline. So you need, you need to create a video. Um, many times when we're talking to marketing directors, they're always asking for specific examples in their particular sector or market. So if we're talking to a technology company, they want to see examples of work in the technology industry. So Myriad, I know we, we focus on the tech sector. Talk to me a little bit about why that might be important looking for someone who specializes in a particular industry. 
Yeah, that that just simply deepens the expertise that you have even more because we gain this pattern knowledge uh, of what works in tech marketing and what what doesn't. You know, we've been doing this for 25 years and doing tech videos for 25 years. And um, that experience helps in that regard. Um, Video can be a great way in helping the audience feel something. I think that's a that's a strong suit of video is just be able be able to create feeling or you can just kind of put out a litany of features and in our opinion features aren't going to really move the needle in the way that you want to when you're marketing uh, this sort of technology that's why you know it's so important to do the research uh, and listen and understand what is important to your audience how is your product going to help them i recently just two days ago i had lunch with a with a friend of mine who works in user experience and he said quote it's best to assume that no one cares about your product and i just i love that sentiment because it keeps you honed in on what's important and what really matters and as we constantly evolve we are deepening our understanding um, the important reasons of why technology matters to people and how it can make a positive difference for people on their terms and convey that back to them instead of it just being again a litany of features that the company happens to think is important you have to connect those features to their daily life give them a reason to care so is there anything else about uh vertically focused agencies yeah i think there are two more things Uh, first there is some nuance that i just want to underline that speaks to this ability to work with agility and keep things seamless in every stage of the product or project Seamless agility is very important given the ability to produce content that's going to connect. Um, you know, we're exposed to 10,000 brand messages a day. So the ability to, to move quickly and move with quality is super important. The second thing I would say, and this to me is this the heart and soul of it, um, is that video creators are their own unique breed. They love to tell stories using these traditional cinematic techniques like Hero's Journey or using the camera, positioning the camera a certain way or using a certain lens or using a certain style of editing to create the emotion you need. Uh, And they've been, again, kind of hearkening back to this notion of this generation of content creators. They've been doing it every day um, since they were kids. So a video-focused agency is going to be driven by people who inherently work that way, and they love story. And that lifelong love of storytelling is, is, in my opinion, special and unique. And you don't find it everywhere. And so when you are ready to sit down and get to work on a project and you want to move your audience, that skill is very, very valuable because they're going to know how to tell the truth of what you're offering in a very creative way. All right. Well, it sounds like we've laid it out and the choice is up to you listeners. If you need any more information, feel free to hit us up and we'd, we'd be happy to talk more with you about it. But for now, thanks for your time, Will. Glad to be a part. Folks can hit me up anytime if they want to talk further. Great. All right. See you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any questions or topics you think we should cover, hit us up. Drop us a line on myriadmedia.net or at myriadmedia on all of your favorite social media platforms. We'll be back soon with more ways video can help boost your brand's marketing impact.